Welcome to Marketing Week Meets the CX50 in partnership with Zone and Cognizant Digital Experience. My name is Russell Parsons, Editor-in-Chief of Marketing Week, and I am your host. Now, over the past four years, Zone and Marketing Week have compiled a list of the UK's top 50 customer experience professionals, the CX50. And in this podcast series, we talk to members of this esteemed group about what puts them and their brands at the forefront of customer experience. We'll be meeting organisational leaders, brand guardians, disruptors, technologists and growth drivers, all members of this exclusive group. Now joining us today is one of the CX50, Darren Bentley, who, after seven years at Money Supermarket, left in 2019 to become Chief Customer Officer of online car dealership Kazoo. On a mission to do what many used car dealerships have historically failed to do, deliver a great experience. Alongside Darren, we've got Esther Duran, the Chief Design Officer at Zone, a role she took up just last year following a long stint advising some of the world's best-known brands on designing better user and customer experience when at Accenture. Darren, Esther, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much, Russell. Uh, Not a problem. Let's um, begin with you, if I could, uh, Darren. I alluded in my introduction that customer experience is very much central to Kazoo's well, reason for being, certainly in terms of points of difference. Um, but what does CX mean? How do you define it and think about it generally at Kazoo? So for us, the customer experience is probably one of, if not the most important source of differentiation for the Kazoo brand. The entire business model is one that is built on the customer experience being stronger than is available elsewhere and how that leads to high levels of customer advocacy and and loyalty. So I'll give a couple of examples. Um, So the Kazoo proposition is entirely online. So we have a a range of cars that we will retail to consumers. The purchase is done entirely online. The financing is done entirely online. And there are particular points of, um, I guess, friction in the traditional experience that we have tried to remove. So for example, there is no haggling on price. We know that customers or many customers don't like doing that. So we've removed that entirely from the experience. We don't have forecourts. You don't come and browse the cars that you're buying in real life. You do that all entirely on on the website. And at the point of purchase, we make things as seamless as we possibly can. We give customers the option of collecting the car, but we can also deliver it to home. And we know that customers, the biggest fear that customers have when they're buying a used car today is Um, either a lack of confidence in the car itself, the product, or a lack of confidence in who they're buying it from. So if something goes wrong, am I going to be looked after? So everything that we have done in the Kazoo customer experience is to try and provide a higher level of convenience, a higher level of transparency, a higher quality product, and a higher level of service so that customers can be more confident in both the product and the service and ultimately have a higher level of, of trust in the brand. We believe that will lead to higher levels of customer loyalty, higher levels of advocacy, higher levels of repeat purchase. So our, to a certain extent, our entire business model is, is built around customer experience. And you said higher uh, for all of those things, convenience, transparency and service. Yeah. As I alluded in my introduction, the bar has perhaps traditionally been set quite low in that regard. Is that fair to say in the category that you're in? It is a category where, I guess, historically there have been particular stereotypes. I mean, we, we don't necessarily set out to beat up the competition. That's not sort of the inspiration for, 
for where the, the customer experience or the proposition has come from. We think about it more in terms of just how you make things easier for customers. So the average UK used car retailer will probably have between 30 and 50 cars on their forecourt. You may be driving 20, 30 minutes to, to get there. You're browsing around 30 or 40 vehicles. It's very unlikely that you're going to find one that's perfect for you. And so we know that there are multiple journeys for customers in finding the right car. So we have thousands of cars that you can browse from the comfort of your own home. We know that the purchase process in certain environments can sometimes be quite pressured. I mean, the, the whole in many traditional environments, the whole customer experience at the point at which you've identified the car you want to buy starts with an argument around how much you're going to pay and you're haggling on price. So we don't do that. The, the prices are fixed. We're transparent on the pricing. So it's not so much that we're looking at the competition and beating up on them. For us, it's more about just how do you make the process more transparent for consumers? How do you make it more convenient? And how do you provide a level of care and service after the customer has purchased the car? That if something does go wrong, because we're dealing with used cars here, that we look after customers and they can trust that they're going to be looked after and the level of service is, if not stronger, once they've spent the money than it is before. I mean, it's a category, uh, as you've just described it, that was ripe for disruption. And I suppose it's uh, the part that you're playing. Just returning to something that you said earlier about measure of success, customer loyalty and advocacy. Are they the main benchmarks that you are measuring your CX progress against? Yeah, I mean, the, so the, the business overall, obviously, we have commercial objectives to meet. We have aspirations around market share. We have as a publicly traded company now. We have external commitments to meet on sales volumes, revenue, etc. But they very much come second to how we think about the customer experience in all forms of feedback, whether that's the visible stuff that you can see externally in terms of the Trustpilot profile or whether it's the, the CSAT surveys, the net promoter score surveys that we will send out on a daily basis, every single form of customer feedback that we can have access to is, is reviewed and we're looking for continuous improvement. If we find areas where the customer experience has fallen down, if there are things that we're not getting right for customers, um, if we're making it too hard to return a car as part of the seven-day money-back guarantee, if we're not providing the right information around the vehicles on our, on our product details pages on the website, whatever it is, if there are sources of friction in the customer journey that are due to our processes or how we work or our website um, or our policies, we're continuously looking for ways to improve that. So we care most about Net Promoter Score. We're very proud of the Trustpilot profile we have, but that is, that's not by luck. There's a huge amount of focus that goes into that on a daily basis within the team. And we'll explore the team, the team dynamic and how it serves better experience in a, in a moment. But uh, I'm going to bring Esther into the conversation now. Esther, your background is user experience and design. What in particular can digital brands do to deliver a better customer experience by improving UX and the way that their sites are designed? So I think what Darren said just now is very important. I think convenience is something that we human beings, we are asking at all times. But at one point, digital can serve the convenience that we are talking about. But I think uh, having a part of the digital journey 
uh, implement some physicality in it just to delight the customer, I think is important. So, for example, when we are designing Zone and uh, Cognizant, when we are designing experiences, a digital experience, we take into consideration first what is the problem that we are trying to solve that for the customer. We do our research around that and then we understand what are those mindsets because obviously each customer is a completely different human being depending if today I'm pissed off and tomorrow maybe I'm going to be happy. So what is going to be the user journey of that mindset today or tomorrow? What is going to be different so that we can deliver the right experience? So when the digital journey is finished and then you are uh, receiving a post you know, your package or your car or whatever it may be, there has to be some kind of physical delight at the end of this journey. And sometimes when we look at the ecosystem and the end-to-end of the digital experience, some people tend to forget that there has to be some kind of physicality and exchange. And I think that is very, very important nowadays in the digital environment. Some of the brands are forgetting that maybe the purpose, maybe the responsibility, maybe the aftermath of the customer service is extremely important. And at one point, the digital experience joins with the physical experience as well. So once again, when we are designing, we can just design in silos in a digital environment. The digital is always the tool for the experience, but always taking into consideration that at the end of that channel is a human being using your experience. I'm sure we've all had experiences of brands where there doesn't seem to be any human insight at the heart of it. So interesting what you said there. Also interesting what you were saying about physicality. For brands that don't have any person-to-person interaction, how can they introduce physicality? Yeah, I think it's both. Um, Obviously, we can take as an example the journey of purchasing something online. And then the entire journey is done digitally. So you have an app or you have whatever it is, or you do it digitally. But then you need to receive something that is physical. So that is the product that you buy. The way that it is delivered to your home, the way that it's wrapped, the way that when you open it, so a clear example could be the Apple products. When you open the box, uh, it's an amazing experience. I can say Apple, but it could be any other good products that we have nowadays that they take into consideration the end-to-end. Another story is when you are just using a digital purchase or a digital interaction that could be the neobanks. So nowadays, if you hang around with young people, you will realize that they don't go physically to a bank anymore. So they do everything digitally. When there is a problem, there is always a lack of human interaction. I don't need to go physically to a place to solve my problem, but as a human being, I need the empathy of another human being when I'm having a problem. And I think empathy, delivering experience, is the key ingredient for success. If you are not empathetic with your customers, if you don't understand where or when a problem may occur, which we know guys in life, problems, occur quite often. I'm sure Darren has a few um, that he's been learning from. We need to be empathetic to design the right experience and the right support when things don't go the way that we expected. Thank you for that. Just taking a step back, I suppose, about instilling customer experience and in terms of getting everybody in an organisation on side. Darren, 
In terms of making sure that all your employees are singing from the same hymn sheet and trying to deliver what you have identified as your point of difference in the category, talk to me about how you make sure that every employee is being the advocate through training, development, culture. Yeah, I think there's two things that stand out for me in terms of what we've what we've done at Kazoo. The first is the values, the values of the organization. And, and we have four and the company were founded on them. And one of them, and obviously the one I feel is most important, is, is customer obsession. And when Alex Chesterman, our founder, when I first started speaking to him about Kazoo, he gave me a four-page document that outlined the business model, outlined what the plan was, had everything in there from sort of headlines from the proposition through to how we would think about explaining that proposition on the homepage. But right at the top of the first page was the four values on which he was going to found the company. And so they've been the foundation of everything. The the team that we have hired, the way that we have built out the organization, every single employee at Kazoo has been hired against those four values. And every single employee at Kazoo will have had to explain how they think and feel about customer obsession as a value and how it applies to them in their role. So it's not something that we're culturally pushing against in the organization it's the opposite there is a this focus on customer and the customer experience is hardwired into the dna of the organization that's the first thing and secondly the the feedback that we have i've referenced some of the ways in which we collect insight from from customers but that's not insight that's just going to the customer team or just going into teams that are customer facing every single member of the uk team gets every single Trustpilot review in their email inbox that is relevant to the UK customer experience. We do the same in Germany, we do the same in France, we will do the same in every single market that we go into. So so that radar that we have on are we fulfilling the promises that we make to customers in our communications is the customer experience living up to the, the aspirations we have internally and the promises that we make externally. Every single member of the team finds out on a daily basis where we're getting that right and where we're getting that wrong. And that just drives a, a consistent and constant desire to do better and to continuously improve the experience that we're offering our customers. Esther, what's uh, your take on the role that employee experience can play in delivering better customer experience? Um, I think from a design point of view, um, the evolution that I've seen throughout my career is more like in the 80s and 90s, everything was about revenue focus. So a company, just they just wanted to make money. Then they kind of moved in the 2000 and something when technology was booming. They were focusing on technology. So everything was about the latest gadget and what was the technology that they were going to implement without even knowing if it was going to be useful or if it had a purpose. And then they realized that technology by itself, obviously, they were not solving the problems that the customer were having. So then they started to think about customer experience and customer centricity. But I think now it's very important to have the employee experience as well on your um, business. And the reason being is because I think a culture in an organization, the foundation of that is your employee. If the employee doesn't have the right mindset or your um, organization doesn't have the right mindset, then the rest of your work is going to kind of fall apart. So I think mindsets methodology and also measurement or KPIs are extremely important within the, um, the, the employee experience. And obviously your employees, they need to align as well, well, not employees, but the culture of your organization has to align with those of, I think, a few pillars. 
And probably those pillars uh, could go around, once again, craft. So what is the craft that a design culture is going to bring? What is the brand purpose that you have? So in this case, so Darren was mentioning as well that they have some brand purpose in that as well. So what is that that you are trying to do uh, to improve people's lives and to make them better? What is the culture that you are bringing within the organization? And also what are the clients that you are working with? Because let's be honest, if the purpose of your organization is sustainability, maybe you shouldn't be working with certain clients that they don't align with that of your brand purpose. So I think everything has to come together in a happy marriage. And then it's when your employees, they have the right onboarding, they have the right um, experience throughout uh, their life at work. And then it's when it becomes, you know, the right employee experience as well. Thank you, Esther. Darren, Esther just brought up measurement and KPIs. In terms of your staff, um, you don't need to give me granular specifics, but in your pursuit of better experience and better than the category market leading, how do you measure staff in terms of their delivery of experience um, individually? It all comes back to customer satisfaction and the feedback that we take in from our customers. So we don't, again, in, in a traditional retail environment, you would maybe expect salespeople to be earning commission for selling add-ons and selling ancillary products as, as well as obviously selling the core product. We haven't done that. Our customer support team are targeted first and foremost on the level of service they provide. We don't pay commission to our customer support team when they help a customer buy a car. We reward and incentivize them on the collective and individual CSAT um, scores that they're getting and the feedback that the team receive from customers around the level of service that they've provided. We do that across the entire proposition. So whether that's customers that are buying a car from us, whether they're selling a car to us, whether they are subscribing to a car. Um, and we do it at an individual team level as well. So whether that's our team in our Kazoo customer centers, where they are more physical environments where you're going and collecting a car, we also do it for the customer support team. We do it for our handover team, the teams that are delivering cars to customers either at their homes or doing the handovers in our customer centers. So at every level of the team and across the breadth of the team, anybody that is customer facing, they are first and foremost measured and rewarded on their ability to provide exceptional customer service as opposed to their ability to sell product. We believe that if you have an obsessive focus on the customer and the customer experience and positive customer outcomes, then as long as you're not getting in your own way, then sales and revenue should automatically follow. I can hear a consistent uh, or a word coming up if we were having a word cloud of, uh, of your contributions today, obsession and customer obsession in particular, not just any old obsession seems to come up quite a lot. That's a word that I've heard or a phrase that I've heard quite a few times as is customer centricity and putting the heart of uh, the customer in the middle of everything that you do. My reaction generally, either spoken or thought is, what were you doing before? Because this often feels like a new concept, putting the customer at the heart of everything that you actually do. But it is the point of difference, as I say, in, in your category. Um, it seems to me that simplicity and consistency and kind of unerring focus, though, is absolutely key. Otherwise, your obsession will be just become a, a mild diversion. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think we we do like to keep things simple. We obviously have business KPIs. We have a set of KPIs that we're looking at on a daily basis. But for me, it's just as simple as, well, 
what order are you looking at them in? Like, are you, are you coming in and you worrying about how many cars we sold yesterday? Um, and are you looking at the month end outlook on revenue? Yeah, of course I'm looking at that. It's not the first thing I'm looking at. The first thing I'm looking at is the CSAT reports from the day before. I'm checking in and making sure if there's any customer feedback coming in that implies that there is a process or a system um, or something that we are doing that is not optimally working in pursuit of the experience that we want to provide our customers. So it's all obviously they have to exist in balance, right? We're a commercial enterprise. We, we, we have to generate profit. We have to be able to, to show that we can do this whilst making profit. But for me, it's about where do you focus your energy? Do you focus your energy on trying to improve things for customers, trying to provide a better service, trying to continually get better at the things that we are trying to do on a day-to-day basis for our customers, and then manage the revenue and manage the margin in support of that, not in conflict with that or ahead of what we're trying to do for customers? sensible it's um, quite apparent though that lots of people do have a disconnect between those two and look perhaps at the margin before they so they think about the company before they think about the customer of course the two things have to be absolutely in lockstep with each other Esther back to you and by way of a conclusion I'm going to ask you both two questions two final questions if anybody listening to this is going to go away with one piece of advice that you'd like to pass on in the pursuit of better experience, better customer experience, what would that advice be? As I say, I'll begin with you, Esther, if I could. From my uh, side, I think it's more about be always empathetic. So put your put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Probably somebody will be the person who is going to buy your product or is going to use your service. It's very important to listen to the customers because if you don't listen to the customer, I can guarantee you your competitors will. And then is when they're going to create better services and better products than you. Don't get too hooked up in the technology, because when you just focus on the technology, you forget about user experience. So I think uh, put yourself in into somebody else's shoes would be a good tip. Thank you. I mean, all of that sounds like dangerously like common sense almost like a 101 but it's uh, well you would be surprised Russell yeah well it, oh, it's amazing how many people that obviously don't do that you know they're in pursuit of the shiny new thing for technology's sake but uh, not thinking about the customer and empathy if I will get one penny for each time that a client say to me we need a new website or we need a new app you will be surprised and sometimes well the majority of the times I tell them no you don't need anything new I'm sure you have everything that you need but it's either designing in a bad way it's not connected clearly or probably has been done without the user in mind so yeah don't think that you need a new app absolutely what you need to do is find a solution to people's problems to quote um, you again from earlier in the podcast uh, Darren what about you what uh what one thing uh, from all your experience doesn't have to be at uh, Kazoo Money Supermarket previously would you say if you're going to focus on a single thing what would it be yeah it's probably an unhelpfully similar answer to that of Esther's I think for me <laughs> well, it's just a, it would just be about getting listening to your customers getting getting the customer feedback plugged in to the business in an appropriate way so make sure that the teams that need it are getting it with the right frequency the right cadence and the right level of depth and that you're listening to it on a daily basis, that you're identifying where the pain points exist and you're fixing them as quickly as you possibly can. Importantly, fixing them quicker than your competition are. I mean, ideally, get it to the entire organisation in an appropriate way, but 
100% make sure the teams that need to hear it are hearing it quickly, hearing it often, and that any pain points or any problems within it, fix them quickly. Hmm. Listening, and uh, if you ally that with Esther's empathy, you've got a good marketer. Absolutely. Now, that's what you should do. Let me ask you what people should avoid doing if there was one thing that they need to stop doing or do differently, what would that be? I'll continue with you, Darren. Yeah, I think from I mean, for me, that avoid the temptation to just go too short term or too near term in in your focus, like or or, or over focus on the commercial outcomes at the expense of customer outcomes. I think that over focusing on near term revenue, near term margin, at the expense of focusing on the customer problem you're trying to solve and the experience and product and service that you're trying to deliver, just avoid that at all costs and. In most organisations, there will be plenty of people worried about the P&L and worried about the balance sheet and worried about the trading numbers. So the CX team and the marketing teams can be 100% free to not do that and focus on the customer. Well, any good marketer should be thinking about the um, the company and the bottom line, though, shouldn't they? I mean, it's it's about serving, yeah, 100%. serving the company yeah. by serving the customer that you have to think about. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah of course. I mean, it, it, absolutely. I think if you go too far in the opposite direction, then that, that doesn't help either. But for me, don't go too short-term in the focus. Don't go too short-term in the thinking. Focus on what customers are telling you daily. And just constantly focus on improving the service, improving the product, improving the experience that you're providing. And the near-term numbers, mid-term numbers, long-term numbers will, I think, follow. Thank you. Esther, Your a final thought from you, actually, on what people should not do. So when we are talking about um, customer experience, you shouldn't just listen to the stakeholders. Because the stakeholders, they're always going to tell you, I know exactly what my customers need. And that is um, rule number one of not to do. Of course, you need to listen to the stakeholders to balance business and customer focus. But I think if you just listen to the stakeholders, you will get a very skewed perception of the customer needs. The other thing as well, especially in design, I think um, it's really important to have a mixed and diverse team. If you have only strategy people or UX people or whatever it is that you have in your team, you need to have a nice variety. The good thing at Zone, we put people throughout the entire project and those being from research to strategy, all sorts of design and even technology. And I think that is very important to get a variety of input, ideas, and therefore innovation. So once again, don't just put two people thinking that they're going to do the entire project. Um, it's, it's not going to happen. Diversity of thought, experience, and even can lead to tension. And that might be good creative uh, tension in the delivery of anything, whether or not it be CX or uh, whatever strategic imperative you're looking to serve. Esther, another fantastic nugget amongst many from you and indeed from Darren. Thank you very much for sharing your experience and your insights both today. Thank you for everybody that listened from myself, Darren and Esther. Until next time, goodbye. You have been listening to Marketing Week Meets the CX50 in partnership with Zone and Cognizant Digital Experience with me, Russell Parsons. This podcast was produced by Tim Ho Donoghue at Bauer London Creative. 
Look out for previous episodes on marketingweek.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Until next time, goodbye.